0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, here on WCF Radio, worldwide, on the app and on the podcast, by the way, and I'm just so thankful that you've tuned in today. We're going to get into a very important question. The question is, is it acceptable to lay out a fleece before God? What does that even mean? What is a fleece before God? Is this something I need to know as a Christian? Do I need to do this? Is this going to help me in my faith? Well, stay tuned, and we're going to get into this question right now. All right, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to WCF Radio. Pastor Todd Coconato here, and I'm going to answer an important subject matter uh, to a believer that you might not hear talked about in the church very often, but I think it's something that will help us all in our journey, and that is the question, is it acceptable to lay out a fleece before God. What does that even mean, Pastor Todd? A fleece. What is a fleece? So let me just kind of get in the background of this, okay? The concept of putting out a fleece, and you're going to hear this in uh, Christian terms, like I call it Christianese. Putting out a fleece, right? It's a Christian term. It comes from the story of Gideon in the Bible. He was a leader in the nation of Israel. Uh, You can read about him in Judges chapter 6. And when God directed him to gather the Israelite troops, to defeat the Midianite invaders. Gideon wanted to be sure that he was actually hearing from God. I don't blame him because that was a big decision. It was a big move. And either way, it would have tremendous consequences, and he knew that. So he wanted to make sure he was hearing and that he understood his God-given directions, if that makes sense. So he asked God. He asked God for a sign to prove that this was indeed his will. So he put out a piece of wool overnight, and he asked God to make it wet while keeping the surrounding dirt dry. So God graciously did as Gideon asked. And in the morning, the fleece was wet enough to produce a bowl of water when it was wrung out. Now, here's the thing. Gideon's faith at this point was so weak, okay, that he asked God for another sign. Have you ever done this? You ever had a sign, and, and they are like, well, God, I need another one, right? Well, he did that. That's what Gideon did. So this time, he wanted to keep another fleece dry while making the surrounding dirt wet. Okay, so it's kind of the opposite. Again, God complied, and Gideon was finally convinced that God meant what he had said and that the nation of Israel would have the victory the angel of the Lord had promised, and that was found, of course, in Judges 6, 14 through 16. So putting out the fleeces— was the second time Gideon asked for a sign that God really was taking him to what, you know, to do what he said he would do. And I think it's important because a lot of times we ask God for a sign. Have you ever asked God for God? Give me a sign. Give me give me an understanding. Give me an unction of the spirit. Give me something. I need something, right? I often think of the scripture that says, In the mouth of two more witnesses, my word will be established. Well, to me, that's a confirmation. I look for confirmation, especially when I'm not sure. That God actually said it. Sometimes when we're listening to the voice of the Lord, it's like, is, is that God? Did God say that? Did the Spirit say that, or was that just a voice in my head, or was that the enemy? Right. So, I think as we mature in Christ, we, we we tend to understand and hear the voice of the Lord a little more clearly, and we we know it's uh, the Lord. But I think even in the mature believer, there are times when we wonder, is that of God? Did it, 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 God? Did you say that? And I think it's appropriate to ask for a confirmation. That's why the Bible says in the mouth, the two or more witnesses, my word should be established. So I really believe that there are times when we think, you know, maybe you said this, God, but I want to be sure, can you confirm it? And I think that asking for the confirmation is okay. I think that's okay, but let's continue here. So there are several lessons, um, you know, from Gideon's story. First, you know, God is incredibly gracious and patient with us. We know that, especially when our faith is weak. Now the Bible does say Without faith, it's impossible to please God. With the faith of a mustard seed, not a big faith, a faith of a mustard seed, we can move the mountain. So I always tell our church, imagine what you can do with a lot of faith. Imagine what you can do with big faith. This is a season of big faith. Imagine walking in that big faith, even though, you know, faith is the evidence of the things not seen. Uh, So, you know, we got to believe it, even though sometimes we don't see it in the natural. We see it in the spirit. We don't see it in the natural. So, you know, uh, Gideon knew he was treading on dangerous ground. You know, he was, he was going to do something dangerous, and he was trying God's patience by asking for multiple signs. And after the first fleece sign, he said, Do not be angry with me. Let me make one more request. That's in Judges 639. But our God is merciful and loving and patient, and, you know, God knows our weaknesses. Let's just understand that. God knows our weaknesses. However, the story of Gideon should be for our instruction and not serve as a model for our own behavior. Jesus said on two occasions that a wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. So you got to remember that, okay? Jesus says this. And that's where I, you know, in my, my head when I was talking about this, thing about it and studying for it for the show. I thought about this scripture in Matthew 12, 39 and and where Jesus says on not one, but two occasions that a wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. His point was that signs he had already given them, you know, he had already given them the signs, his fulfillment of the old Testament prophecy, the healings that they saw, the miracles, the signs, they were sufficient for them to respond to the truth. If truth was what they were seeking, here's the thing. They were not, they clearly were not seeking truth, were they? Uh, they, They wanted, you know, even these people that were with Jesus when he was performing the miracles, they saw it firsthand, yet for whatever reason, they still wanted a sign. There was already a sign. So another lesson of Gideon's fleeces is that those asking for the signs are exhibiting a weak and immature faith that won't be convinced by signs anyway. Hello. Thank you. This is the problem. Okay, Gideon had received more than enough information without the signs of the fleeces. God had told him he would have the victory. It was from the Lord. The voice was from the Lord. He had responded to a previous request for a sign with a miraculous display of power in fire. That's in verse 16. Still, Gideon asked for two more signs because of his own insecurity in the same way even when God does provide the sign we ask for, it doesn't give us what we crave because we, uh, we have a, a faith issue. Our faith is still wavering. We have still have doubts. How many Christians are walking around doubting the very things that we believe, the very truth? Come on, how many people? The reality of our world, the rela- reality of our situation is that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. He sits on the throne of glory. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first, and the last. God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one and only true God, the triune God, if you will. Yet people, people that have had many miracles that have seen many, many amazing things. And I know this because I have, and you have, by the way, there are, you've witnessed miracles. I know you have, you may forget about them. You may not remember them today. Do you have a daughter? Do you have a son? Have you witnessed the birth of a new baby? That's a miracle. What about you? You're a miracle. How many times has God spared your life? How many times? When people counted you out, counted you down, yet you're still here. How many times did you think it, you, know, you weren't going to make it or something was going to happen, and yet you made it, and, and yet you're here? So why do we doubt God? We constantly doubt God. It's our humanity. It's something that the enemy uses. It's doubt. It's fear. None of those things are of God. Fear is not of God. You know, fear is false evidence appearing real. It's false. What, what, you know? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Sound mind. What does that mean? A sound mind. Do not conform to the things of this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Die to your flesh daily. When does he say this? He wants us to walk in into confidence. He wants us to know who he is. And that means that we got to spend time with him. We got to be in his presence and we can't doubt him. We can't doubt him. See, when you ask for multiple signs, I mean, that's the whole thing that what happened here. You know, he responded to his previous request for a sign with a miraculous display of power. Still, Gideon asked for two more signs. Why? Because of his own insecurity. And in the same way, even when God does provide the sign like we ask for, it doesn't give us what we crave because our wavering faith still doubts. That often leads to us asking for multiple signs, none of which give the assurance we need because the problem isn't with God's power. It's with our own perception of it. I'm going to say that again. the The problem isn't with God's power. It's because we it, we don't we can't perceive it. We can't understand it. We can't believe in it for some reason. Well, we can, but are we gonna? You know, I think about the situation where the disciples were in the boat, where the apostles were in the boat, and and Jesus was sleeping in the bow, right? And here's the storms. The storms are raging. The wind is raging. Everything is raging. Remember, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Well, what happened? Well, when Jesus awakened, he wasn't his first uh, business wasn't to calm the wind and the, and the sea. His first business was to address the doubt that the faith of the apostles who had seen him performing the miracles, the signs, and the wonders. This is the same concept, and if we get this, it's gonna it's gonna catapult you. It's gonna advance you into another season in your journey because faith is one of the most, if not the most important thing about our Christianity. That's why they call it the Christian faith. Yet how many Christians, quote Christians, are lacking the faith? Why? Because that's if the enemy can convince us that he's not real, that's his best weapon against us. Then we don't even engage in the weapons of our warfare. We don't even engage in any of it because it's not real. Oh, that that imaginary friend in the sky. That's what atheists like to say imaginary friend in the sky. Yeah, I told you guys, if you've been listening to me for a while and you might have heard this story, but there was this atheist that was arguing with me and, you know, he was trying to convince me that uh, something came out of nothing. He said, it's perfectly logical. Something can come out of nothing. I said, dude, you got way more faith than me. He said, well, yes, something came out of nothing. He sends me this whole quantum theory and I'm reading through it. It's very, you know, uh, intelligently laid out. I have to give him credit. They did a good job but ultimately there's a problem. It's just like evolution. There's a problem. There's a missing link, the missing link. There was a missing link in his whole theory. And so at the bottom of the whole thing, it says there was a force and the force, you know, created everything. There was a force that happened. Something happened. Well, yeah. I said, well, you know, you know what that force is? It's God, God. When he said, let there be light. And there was light. Wow. What happened? Something happened. So it didn't come from nothing there is an intelligent design there's an intelligent being and, and and the whole reason why atheists push what they do and why everybody that that's in rebellion pushes what they do is they want the excuse to sin because if you acknowledge there's a God that means you acknowledge there's a, a word there. There's, God has law, he has principles, he has morals, values he sets something he has he has something that he wants us to do in our free will and that's to come to him. And you got to, you got to repent from the sin, turn from it. And then you get empowered by his Holy Spirit. But this is something we have to choose to do. We've got to want to do it. So people instead, they dismiss in, in their, in their rebellion, basically. They just say, I want to keep sinning. So therefore I'm going to pretend with so much, uh, you know, in my brain, just determination that it's true that I'm not going to acknowledge there's an actual God. I'm not going to, cause once I acknowledge that, then I got to repent I don't want to repent. That's the truth. That's why That's why people are convicted by you. If you're a believer and you're listening to this right now and there's people that manifest around you, and trust me, it'll happen, especially if you're an empowered believer that's out there standing for truth and righteousness. If that's you, then guess what? There's going to be people that manifest around you. There's going to be people that freak out on you, have it happen all the time, accuse you, lie about you. You know, you become the enemy. Why? I don't know. You didn't do something the way they wanted you to do it or they found a flaw in you or something. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And so that, that's why there's no pleasing the person that wants a sign. Then they want another sign. Then they want another sign. Then they want another sign. That's why God has the, the policy, according to Matthew, that I was reading. You know, where, where it's pretty clear, Matthew 12, uh, 39. Let's read it. It says, but he answered them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks a sign, but no shine, sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. There it is. So that's it. That's, that's what you're going to get. Um, so, you know, I understand the concept, like people want to sign people are really into getting a prophetic word nowadays. I need a word, pastor Todd, give me a word. I said, go to the word of God. That's the word. I mean, I do get words. I'm not making fun of prophecy. I do get prophetic utterances from time to time. I operate in the the prophetic at, at times. Uh, but I don't, I don't, chase down a word every day. I don't need a word every day because I got the word and the word is enough. Jesus is enough. My, my, my relationship with him, it's enough for me. Please, please understand. I'm not coming from a haughty place here. The prophet definitely has a position in ministry. I'm very much for prophets, real prophets, prophets that fear the Lord, but I don't have to get a prophetic word to, to, to make me, you know, there's my sign. Oh, somebody said it. So now I believe it. In the mouth of two or more witnesses, yes. Me chasing a prophet around town, no. It's, there's a difference. When something is ordained by God, it's just going to be confirmed. It's not even going to be anything that's orchestrated or man-made or flesh. It's going to be so matter-of-fact that you're just going to be like, wow, that's a sign from God. Yeah, that's the way the Lord works. That's how he rolls. He, he does it in a way that's so, you know, like look at Asbury, for instance, the revival that just happened up there. You know, I mean, look at look Kentucky, what happened. I mean, it wasn't about a name. It wasn't about a big ministry. The Lord just showed us he's willing and able to move anywhere, anytime he wants. You know, within within a few days, people were converging on that small town that didn't even have the infrastructure to hold more than a couple thousand people. There was like 25, 30,000 people coming out, you know, to this little town because they wanted to move a God. They were hungry. But the Lord showed us he, he could pick anywhere, anytime. He can move anywhere. He can move today. He can move in our heart. We don't have to ask for a sign. Will he give us signs? I mean, it's, there's a difference between in the mouth of two more witnesses, my word will be established because that's okay. Let me give an example because people are confused, right? Now. Let me give you an example. When I got saved, I got radically saved. And then, you know, a couple years in, though, I got stabbed, if you know my testimony. I got stabbed nine times, one in the heart, and the Lord took me in his presence. This is a crazy testimony. It's available on, uh, you can can watch it online if you just put in Pastor Todd testimony, Pastor Todd Coconato testimony, and I was on the Sid Roth show, and anyways, you know, the Lord takes me in his presence, and he says, do you want to live or do you want to die? I didn't see the Lord. I heard his voice. I said, I want to live. He says, well, if you live, you got to do two things. You got to be sold out for me, and you got to tell people I'm real. I said, yes, Lord, like Isaiah chapter six, send me. What else do you say to the Lord when you're in his presence and glory? Yes, send me, I'll go. So, you know, I wake up in the hospital, here I am. And uh, wow, like I just had an, a powerful encounter with God. He spared my life and gave me purpose. He sent me on a mission that I'm still on that mission today. I'm still on fire. And yes, he's real. But here's the thing. So after that, and this is a part of the story I don't get to tell so much. I started getting bitter because I was a model and actor in Hollywood as a child and here my body has all these stab wounds and keloid scars and I'm looking in the mirror and it just looked awful and I was embarrassed and ashamed and I couldn't work out because I didn't have the strength right after I got out of the hospital and I was I started getting angry with God. What you know what? I was already serving you Lord. I was in the world but then I got saved. And then I, you know, I did it on my own will, my own, you know, I got saved and here I am serving you. And now I get stabbed nine times and now my body looks like a pin cu- cushion with a bunch of scars all over it. Thanks God. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever had something that was, that was actually a good thing that God was doing, but it looked bad. And so you didn't quite know how to respond to it at that particular point. That's how I felt. And so bitterness started growing root in my heart, right? Bitterness. And so what, what it ended up happening is that, uh, you know, I'll go back to work when I get out of the hospital and I'm recovered a little bit and I go back to work and you know, here I am in this Macy's in Burbank, California. And some woman comes up to me out of nowhere. And she says, I saw your face. I was shopping upstairs and in the women's department, the Lord said, come down and give you a word. Now this is a sign. Okay. Did I ask for a sign? No. Did God give me a sign? Yes. He said, don't let bitterness grow root in your heart. This is from this woman. That was the word that she gave me. And people were weeping around me. It was a powerful, holy moment. Okay, fast forward a couple days. Then I'm in a a coffee shop in in Sherman Oaks, California. And I'm sitting there and and, I'm still kind of pondering everything that just happened in my life. It was a lot of stuff that was going on in my life, right? And so I'm sitting there and some guy comes up to me and he says, I got a word for you. Now, again, we're in a coffee shop. This isn't a church. Person doesn't know I'm a Christian. I've never seen this person before in my life. They said, "Don't let bitterness grow root in your heart." You know, you're gonna you're gonna soar with winds of wings like eagles. You're gonna run and not grow weary. And starts you know recounting that scripture to me. Wow, almost the same thing that that woman had said in Macy's. That was a sign. I didn't ask for it. Then, I'm in the 24 hour Fitness in Northridge, California, and I'm working out. There's a guy with a bunch of tattoos and I'm looking at all his tattoos. He's completely sleeved up, and I'm just, just getting back into the gym. I'm I'm doing like the slowest, you know, the lowest curls you could possibly do, and it was hurt. It was painful, too, but I was determined, and sure enough, that guy with the tattoos turns around and says, hey, I got a word for you. He says, "Uh, you're going to soar with wings like eagles. You're going to run and not grow weary. You're going to, you know, you're going to be a preacher, and, and Don't let bitterness go ruin your heart. Almost the identical message that the other two had given me. Now, that's a sign. I didn't ask for it. That's what I'm saying is is in the mouth of two or more witnesses. My word will be established. That's what the Lord means. He will bring the people. We don't need to, you know, ask him. We don't need to be like a, a person with wavering faith. He'll send the people. If we need a confirmation, it's okay to say, hey, Lord, I need a confirmation. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But, you know, don't base your faith on it. So, um, you know, let's just kind of nail this down here, okay? So another lesson of Gideon's fleeces is those asking for signs are exhibiting a weak and immature faith that won't be convinced by signs anyway, right? Let's just nail that in. A problem with following Gideon's example of fleece setting is that it does not take into account that our situation and his are really not comparable anyways. As Christians, we have two powerful tools That Gideon lacked. First, we have the complete word of God, which is available to us. Thank God we can get it on an app. We can get so many different Bibles and versions and thank God it's legal in America still. Praise God. Uh, God breathed his word and it's useful for the teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work according to 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. God has assured us that his word is all we need to be thoroughly equipped. That's why I say, is a prophetic word nice? Yes. Is it? Is it scriptural? Yeah, there are some ways that you could say it is. I mean, the office of a prophet's true, and, and prophets do get prophetic words, and sometimes they'll get one for you. So I agree with that. But God has assured us that his word is all we need to be thoroughly equipped for anything and everything in life. He also gives us his Holy Spirit. Thanks, Thank God for Acts chapter 2, right? We do not need experimental proof. We don't need signs, voices, all those different things to verify what he's already told us in his word because his word is true. Our second advantage over Gideon is that every Christian has the Holy Spirit who is God himself residing in our heart to guide, direct, and encourage. Prior to Pentecost, believers had the Old Testament only. And we're directed externally by God's provisional hand. Now we have his complete word and his indwelling presence in our hearts. Think about how important those two things are. His word, which is the same yesterday, today, and forever, because Jesus is the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And his spirit, which is indwelling in our hearts. So rather than seeking signs via fleeces, we should be content to know that God's will for us in every situation, every day. Is found in Colossians 3.16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Be joyful always. Pray continuously. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5.16-18. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Uh, Colossians 3.17. If these things characterize our lives, the decisions we make will be in accordance with God's will. He will bless us immeasurably, and his peace and assurance, and, and will you know, it's going to be upon us. It's going to be on us, that peace that passes understanding. And there will be no need to put out fleeces or ask God for signs. Now, again, I want to kind of clarify this a little bit. Can we ask for a confirmation? I believe we can. Because the Bible says, in the mouth of two or more witnesses, my word will be established. So, yes, you can ask for a confirmation. But, listen, we've got to just understand that we, we're not to test the Lord other than, you know, there's, there's, you can test him in this, like in, the, in giving the tithes. He says, test me in this. But we're not to test him in, in, like, if you're God, do this. If you're, otherwise, I won't serve you. That's ridiculous. He's God. He, he can do whatever he wants. Maybe he doesn't want to do that. Maybe he doesn't like our lack of faith and asking for that. So, you know, there's the other, um, other version of putting out a fleece. And what people say, it's kind of casting out a net, you know, like you're putting out a net to catch fish. Or like you're putting out a fleece, like uh, I need a job. I'll put out a fleece to our community. I don't see that as wrong necessarily. Like, you know, you're saying, look, I'm in need of a job. Hey, Christian community. Because that's like, if you have not, you ask not. So, you know, that's fine if you want to put out a fleece in that and that if that's what you're saying, in other words, like I'm going to put out a fleece because, you know, we need new chairs at the church and let's see if anybody out there has chairs and you put a post on social media and you say, hey, I'm just putting out a fleece. You know, if anybody uh, has some church chairs, we need new church chairs. We're willing to buy them, but we want to see who in this community has them. And then somebody responds, I have chairs. Great. You have chairs. Awesome. Let me check them out. And hey, if they work out good and then you buy them and you put out a fleece in that way. Some people use that way. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Again, uh, asking for a confirmation. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But there's a lot of people that just need a sign. Everything, you need a sign, you need a sign, you need a sign. We've got to just trust God is real. He's true. He's holy. He's enough. And I just go back to that scripture in Matthew where where it it, it tells us, literally, uh, it says an evil adulterous generation seeks for a sign. Well, that, that's pretty, pretty blunt to me. So if, if, here's where we're going to close today is what I'm saying. If you've been asking God, well, God, I'll serve you if you prove yourself to me. He's already proven himself to you. He created the heaven and the earth. He created you. You're alive. Are you willing to accept him today? I mean, why do you need a sign? The signs are all around us. There's a, there's a miracle happening all around us every single day. Think about the sunrise. Think about all the things that God does. He's good. He's faithful. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's broadcast here on WCF radio. I, uh, it's just so important that we have the faith because without faith, it's impossible to please God. But with the faith of a mustard seed, you can move that mountain in your life. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. What if we, What if we just live that out? Think about how faithful God has been. He's a good father. And I just thank you so much for listening to today's broadcast. Lord, in Jesus' name, we just pray for every single person listening. I pray that they would have the faith that they wouldn't need a sign. The signs are all around us. They would have the faith to know that you are with them even until the end of the age. You never leave us. You never forsake us. Your promise is yes and amen, hope and a future. And you are a good, good father. And so we just love you so much. We honor you and we serve you. I pray blessings and favor over everybody listening today. In the name of Jesus. If you agree with that, would you say amen right now? Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Todd Coconato Show. You can find us at todd.org. That's Todd.org We love you and we bless you. We'll see you again next week. Goodbye.